0: The following program is an artistic work of fiction and falsehood. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the broadcasters or the management thereof. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hello, I'm glad you're here. I'm media disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is Eureka Cast. Now, where science meets technology meets you. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science. Hey there, Rowan.
0: Hello, and seismic gyrations from our collective quantum scape to yours, the listener, this evening.
1: Right, just just as earthquakes, they transfer through the ground so do our gyrations in the collective quantum scape that is citizen science. Well,
0: the thing that is so fascinating about quantum states and mm. the subsequent quantum scape yeah, please tell me. That, that is put together is that it is interconnected but completely and utterly unique. The bulk of all of your choices coming together to make a sort of um, probability distribution on a spiritual and physical level but it's still tied in with everything
1: else unique but spread throughout right and that now that you said unique it's very funny that you said that because the thing i want to start off the show with today where we talk about the latest in science and technology innovations news and uh and, and optimizations is NFBs. NFBs, NFBs. Those are non fungible brokens. Maybe you've heard of non fungible tokens. Well, I have heard
0: people discussing it. I'm not right. really involved in much cryptocurrency or blockchain sort of communities. Right. I it's it's frankly I'm not. And I'm that's not okay. I'm I am not too educated of an indiv- individual to admit when I don't know what's happening and with the case of the blockchain i really don't know what's going on right and that's okay. my suspicion is is that yes. it's because it is um uh meaningless and silly and pointless but i'm not too proud to admit that i don't understand it
1: right and it's, and it's great because citizen scientists even as a if waste you, of a
0: time as it probably is
1: even if you do not know something it's always important to have a suspicion about it that's that's what we call a thesis in the scientific method so, uh, so what I'm going to do, and that's why this show exists, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain what the non fungible broken is. Imagine a broken, a broken that being Tech, Brother Labor- the Tech Brothers Laboratories own very specific cryptocurrency. Uh, now imagine that that broken isn't isn't a broken in its typical sense. It's not like a dollar bill that can be sent and, and traded and, and has a very specific value and stuff like that. As you
0: would expect a currency to be able to
1: do. Exactly. It's more disruptive than that. And the, the thing is, every single one of the brokens, they are unique. They have a very specific watermark that makes them uh, innately tied to its owner and, and to itself. Each one is unique. Each one is different. And that's what makes it special And even more valuable than really any currency that's ever existed.
0: Well, I'm not sure I entirely follow that because in my experience, Mm. not personal experience, but my understanding that is that with regards to cryptocurrency, the, the one of the main draws is the anonymity, the ability to make certain purchases without it being directly tied to you when you might not want that to be the case. This right. this non fungible uh, bro- broken <clears throat> NFBs broken, yeah NFBs. Uh,
1: it seems to fly in the face of that exactly and in a in a in a in a unique and disruptive and innovative way it flies in the face of what you think of when you think of cryptocurrencies. Um, even more than that, these brokens, If you the thing is, I know you're asking yourself, if I had one of these NFBs, what if I tried to spend it? What if, for a laugh, I I, I open up my wallet and I tried to send it to somebody? You know what would happen if you do that uh, I cannot begin to imagine uh, the broken would be destroyed because it, it because the broken is so tied to you that if it was to uh, to go into some other wallet uh, that wallet the, the the bits and the code in that wallet they would they would look at that as if it was malware it's it's a, an invading body because it, it effectively has the DNA of you. In somebody else's wallet, and that's just not allowed. That's gross. It's disgusting, and um and well, very very quickly the you know the immune system, the security system, of that other wallet would absolutely destroy that broken. Okay, well that is very interesting. Right.
0: Um, certainly sounds uh, quite uh, thought out, uh, but uh, the my question would be uh-huh. and i think i think uh, this is the question that i have been asking myself with regards to other discussion of this these non-fungible cryptocurrencies which right. is, um why what is the per- what does this do what is this bra- the the concept of having um a currency that you cannot spend or give to people without it being destroyed that is tracked to you mm. these are all bad qualities for a currency to have. So what is the what is the purpose of this?
1: Well, my question to you, Rowan would be why not? Well, I s- mm-hmm. fair enough. Fair and enough, and guy. and to be to be clear, I know you you said uh you said some things that aren't necessarily true. If you tried to spend in a in a standard transaction, that coin would be destroyed. But in if involved in a very specific ceremony, that involves uh, uh, mi- uh, microprocessors and uh, radios and, and things like that. You know, things uh, typical, typical, uh, typical spy stuff. If you were doing, if you were to go through a very specific ceremony to transfer ownership of that broken, it would go through. It, it but it has to be that specific way, or it ruins it. Well, it
0: sounds like. You have been working very hard on this over at the New Media
1: Labs. Mm-hmm. I'm not on the project, but I support it with all my heart.
0: Well, I wish your colleagues the best with regards to this. But well, I tell I, them um, you
1: said that they've been asking about you. Uh, really? Yes. Anyway,
0: Rowan, what have you brought for us today? So, I have an exciting story from the world of archaeology, oh. and specifically the intersection of archaeology and musicology. Oh. Right. So, a Stone Age mummified corpse out of a bog in Tilburg, the, the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Tilburg of the Netherlands. Sure. Tilburg in the Netherlands. Has I'm, the, I'm familiar. A, a, in a tizzy. Musicology, archaeology, in a tizzy right now. Uh Uh, And and frankly, under normal circumstances, finding a body in a bog really isn't that exciting. It happens Um, every day. Frankly, all all the time, you know, the amount of peat... That I've had to bring in for my various purposes, uh, we import a lot of peat over at the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit huh. Science. It's a it's a sustainable fuel. Right. We use it for a number of different uh, sort of processes and P- studies we have going. But P- peat is somebody you found in the bog. Uh, well, we have found individuals in the bog the peat from the bog oh. we have named them peat on uh, occasion but that's sure. neither here nor there right. uh, it's like it, calling
1: it's like it's calling somebody a john or something
0: it, it, the point is 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 that there is no shortage of bog bodies and the discovery of a new one rarely is of any interest outside of extremely niche archaeological circles. But right. this time, this time there were some very interesting artifacts that were preserved with him, especially considering the time frame. Oh. Namely, that this body dates back to approximately 6,000 BCE and was Ooh. exceptionally well preserved. We're right. talking That's about, a long time. We're, we're talking about things such as being able to pull fingerprints off of the body. What? That's amazing. Hair still attached to what? the scalp. Evidence of tattoos that you could still make out. Amazing. It, it really was quite fascinating. But what, once again, this I'd is, be interested in seeing those tattoos. Uh, as would I. There, there. I couldn't find much in the way of uh, pictures for this. Mm. But uh, even that, all said, that's really not that huge of a deal. This sort of thing happens sure. fairly often. But the universe the researchers from the universities of Amsterdam were able to suss out from a. that Uh was found on the body a number of artifacts one of which was a flattened device made of a pouch of leather sort of sandwiched between two planks of wood with a sort of an an exit nozzle on the pouch wow that sounds that sounds do they think it's a weapon or something in, in fact they believe that it is a Extremely earlier, perhaps even the earliest evidence of a bellows driven musical instrument
1: really?
0: such a, a perhaps a precursor to the modern, modern accordion in that sense Oh, um, air would be and this is their hypothesis sure. air would be introduced into this pouch uh-huh. um, perhaps being blown into it or some other means sure. it would inflate the pouch between the two planks of wood uh-huh. and when you would squeeze them uh-huh. it would make a note um, which according According to this study, seems to be in the C minor to C major range. Okay. Here's the really I,
1: interesting. I would part. imagine. I would, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I would ask. Ask. Maybe they had symphonies. Do you think they had still symphonies of these things? Well, that's the, that's kind of the
0: question. Is that with regards to this as an instrument, right? There's really only the opportunity to make the one note oh. uh, at a time. So that really does beg the question of, in order to have a song. Is there a part to this that is missing, perhaps right. some sort of other extension? Is
1: this a symphonic situation right. wherein
0: there would be multiple individuals?
1: Maybe maybe it's maybe it's a different form of music, something that we're not necessarily uh, as, a, as acquainted to. Exactly. but uh, it, to add to the mystery, they looked at
0: this instrument and they sort of looked at these wooden uh, planks okay. on the outside of this pouch. And through some advanced imaging techniques, they were able to come to the conclusion Mm -hmm. that the instrument was operated by being sat on really so yes it, it it's really it, it it asks more questions than it answers it really does um you, you know uh, there were some other artifacts that I, were also quite
1: interesting One of my question i mean one of my biggest questions honestly ron before you go on one of my biggest questions is why don't we have instruments like that anymore why can't i sit on a tuba and have it play
0: well uh it's you know this so much has been lost mm. over the eons so much information has so much been just been obliviated into the into the ether right. into the past and uh frankly i'm just happy to see that we are now can think about the idea maybe this will be the start of something bigger right. you know maybe this is recovered wisdom uh, that we can we can build upon as a society oh, hopefully and as uh, artistics yeah. um Myself being quite artistic, I consider myself to be right. Um, but there were some other interesting artifacts I do want to touch on. There was a satchel of herbs and poultices, mm-hmm. sort of uh, found. Um, interestingly enough, known to cause itching. Oh. Uh, there's also a piece of costume headwear depec- depicting an arrow sort of going through the head. Wow! Uh, and uh, what interesting? I being... wonder what rituals that those would be involved in. Well, it's really quite. Quite interesting to think about, especially considering that the one piece of ceremonial um, uh, objects they found, the only thing they could only determine it could possibly be for a ceremony Mm. was, of course, a ceremonial representation of vomit. And, and, you know, it really begs the question, what was this individual doing? What were they going around doing? Um, Yeah,
1: it, yeah it's 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 very it's definitely very interesting and, and very very strange that one might even be if one really thinks about it one might be able to draw comparisons to things in the modern world and see how the progression how the process took place over over that time period really um it is quite interesting
0: to sort of try and think in that sort of way and to mm-hmm. my mind when I think of these things I think of this this device that produces a note when sat on these herbs that cause itching these vomit uh this fake vomit I think of one thing that comes to mind in a modern day setting mm-hmm. and that is of course the medicine man
1: True, uh, perhaps a wandering sh- shaman or druid amazing I mean or I'd, a shaman, perhaps perhaps uh, certainly maybe this person went to multiple villages and and performed their uh, performed their services at all these different places, uh, perhaps even being run out of town um, with each new place they go. Well, it it,
0: it is reported that
1: this individual
0: died um, um, was a man in his 30s and had died of blunt force trauma to the head mm. uh, based on the archaeological studies that they did. So um, it, perhaps that was the case. Perhaps individuals just weren't ready for the light that, that he was bringing.
1: Yeah, he, he was truly working on, on different levels than I imagine a lot of the people of that time wanted, wanted to work in, work on. But at least this person gets, the, gets the, uh, the representation, gets the credit that they deserve in the modern age. Uh, and 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 I will drink to that. Certainly, I'll well, thank you very much for that, Roan. That is very inspiring. Uh, I, I'd say it was a real, it was a real uh, laugh. It was a real laugh, a real chuckle that I that I got from learning such a very interesting piece of information. I don't see what's very funny about it at all. Personally. Oh, I just I, I just find science uh, funny. Oh, that's fair. What I want to talk about is is uh, a new segment that I'm calling Eureka Celebration. Oh wow! Not a Eureka Versary. No. This is a Eureka celebration. It's well, not necessarily a a day that we're celebrating. It's 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 a celebration of a concept.
0: Okay. Well, so what's the concept we're celebrating uh th- for this uh this episode? The Polish.
1: So, for people well, that's in That's loaded. The people The people in Chicago would uh would obviously know. They'd be very familiar that this past week we celebrated Casimir Pulaski Day uh a very important day that celebrates the uh, the life of a military commander that assisted with the American Revolution and a war criminal. Well, I mean, I'd like to see the proof on that, Rowan. I, I, I feel like he he uh, the laws at the time. This he is
0: not a history program. If this right. were a history program, I could. We detail, are not a political show. I could detail in 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 detail the horrors that Casimir Pulaski laid upon. The,
1: Everyone, right? But uh, it's not. This right. isn't. That, I don't that think show. you can. Um, but I, in you know, nevertheless, uh, we do. We do appreciate here at uh, at uh, uh, at the show. We do appreciate the representation of all cultures um, f- for all yearly celebrations at Yurika Cast. Now, we, we we appreciate cultures and the representations in our yearly celebrations. The question is, how do we turn this into a t- science story? I know maybe citizen scientists, you're asking about that, um, and maybe you have some ideas. Uh, obviously, we might be able to discuss the uh, the controversies uh, surrounding Pulaski themselves, um, because there are some that posit that that uh, Casimir Pulaski was, based on analysis of their of their remains of their bones, um, that they were transgender or or intersex, um, which is revolutionary for the time.
0: B- based also on uh sort of uh, first-person testimonials as to their behavior mm-hmm. as well, I'm guessing. Correct.
1: Sure. Um, but those aren't that important. Um, the next one is, uh, or some other uh, research may even claim, and this is some new research that's coming out of Tech Brothers Forensics Labs that I'm super excited about, but some very preliminary research does show the, uh, the possibility that Casimir Pulaski may have even been a cat boy. And I, I can't really talk about that a lot, mostly that, that, because that does open some interesting questions. Right. That,
0: that does put my understanding of their legacy in a new light. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it I'll... is in the cat's nature to be
1: to be a war criminal, so just yeah, certainly that that we know from science. But the the thing I really want to celebrate is um, that well, from the great and magical land of Poland, Poland there are no. Uh, it, that land is not a stranger to innovation and science and uh, great contributions to, uh, to the fields of science and technology. I mean, think of, think of the great Polish, uh, Polish scientists. Uh, you got Copernicus, who is the astronomer who developed uh, the principles of heliotropic planetary motion. There was, uh, of course, Marie Curie, or Marie Curie, a uh, 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 Polish last name, who was a no- notable Nobel laureate and discoverer of uh, radioactive plutonium and or uh, polonium and radium. Um, but the thing I really want to talk about, Rowan. Wait, Rowan, the thing I really want to talk about.
0: I, I have not tried to interrupt you once.
1: Please talk is about it. I want to give credit. Yes. To the Polish innovators in science te- and technology who called Chicago their home. Well, there is no shortage of Polish Americans to be found in Chicago, or Polish sausages, for that matter. Mm, and that's that's a great tie into the first person I want to talk about, and that is Alexei Kowalska, uh, Kowaska, who was a molecular gastronomist and digestive um, biologist in the uh, mid eighteen, uh, in the mid nineteenth century. So, uh, what Alexei did was they was they tracked different common foods and particularly packaged meats and, and European spices, and how they stimulated the body, how they interacted with the with the body's digestive system, the nerves and the pancreas and things like that.
0: I'm actually very familiar with this man's work. Mm. Uh, Dr. Kowalska did some very interesting preliminary work on nutraceuticals, and that really was groundbreaking right. in a lot of ways. And
1: especially their, their 1880 paper on the eclectic flavors of the East Side, which catalog, uh, catalog, uh, cataloged the culinary traits and traditions of the East Side meals, and how they affected the guts of the East Siders. there is some controversy as to how they obtained that information. Um, you know how they obtained that research but it's still very notable still used today of course and uh, a f-
0: fun anecdote uh, Simon Amy himself actually was uh, had correspondences with Alex C. Kowalska really? at the time yes they they
1: worked together. in the 19th century uh, well the man has been uh, is quite prolific. Uh, uh certainly. Um but the but the I say the biggest thing that they uh have under their belt, their biggest accomplishment in the fields of science and like technology were uh were the contributions to the Chicago cuisine, which included uh well, reinventing and re and innovating the idea of the Chicago kielbasa. Mm. So through a very specific um method of of smoking and spicing Um, in intervals which allowed for the galvanization of the casing and the perfect tenderness of the meat they were able to create what we now know of as the chicago uh kielbasa sausage
0: engineering is legitimately an underappreciated sort of field of not just nutrition but also uh, structural science frankly it's there's so much that goes into it, and and most people would have no idea. Uh, I probably. I will have a raw vegan Chicago kielbasa tonight in honor of Alexi Kwaska. Mm-hmm. I think.
1: Thank you, Alexi. The next person I want to talk about is Amelia Wozniak, uh, who is a manufac- who was who began working as in a manufacturing plant in Portage Park in the late 1970s, but then checked out the infamous text. Um, that inspired many a great computer scientist uh, breathing life into metal and through their research developed an optimized optimized method for lossless compression of large amounts of data into small packages um, they developed this method what's more interesting is how they developed this method method which was that they envisioned uh, binary and data um, as as an, as being an arrangement of meats and veggies, which they really are and when really you think about it. Think about it. Um, um and they envisioned them as, as meats and veggies, and then thought, the amazing thought of how might all of this data be compressed down into the package of a pierogi. Hmm. This project soon became known as uh, as uh, ZIP or as we now know ZIP. Um it's the it's the zip method of transferring data and it's been revolutionary uh then and you know when it started in the late nineteen eighties and still is relevant now. Of course. Uh there is no shortage of zip
0: files on my desktop right now. Mm -hmm. I have one titled Abyss Boat that I have yet to open. Um Oh, you should open maybe we should open that live on the show sometime. I, I don't know if I I don't remember downloading it.
1: Well, um, they're currently working as a professor emeritus at Northeastern University, which is amazing. But now I want to talk with the last person, and this is probably my favorite, um, because there's a story involved. Um, they are Chicago native Jan Takowski, uh, who is working as an, as an apprentice under Frackle Hirschwin, um, who was then at the time working on developments uh, in technologies involving incandescent lights. Which
0: at the time was rather new, correct? Right, so that was This lights. was at the cusp of
1: electricity even entering the home in any major way right this is before um before edison before tesla this was when when things were, were still being uh being invented um and their specific uh contribution was that they were developing a method for uh a way that one might be able to very easily remove and subsequently add on a new uh, a bulb full of filament and gas uh, to a system, and in a way that not that really anybody can understand, even the even the most novice.
0: Well, and of course, at the time, the big struggle with incandescent bulbs was finding filaments and gases that it, would they
1: would burn out very quickly. Exactly. So if you can just mass produce these the smallest amount of thing that you needed, and then easily replace that, it would uh, it would be great for, for everybody. And it was truly, um, but it almost wasn't. Because in, in 1855, at the at a conference in Newark, New Jersey, um, th- this pair was demonstrating the accumulation of their almost five years of research, which is this method of, surrounding, um, of separating a bulb um, from surrounding circuitry by using a, a tight screw mechanism. Um, during this demonstration at the conference, Fra- um, Fra- 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 Frankel removed the bulb and then attempted to demonstrate how they could easily reattach the bulb with minimal effort. Um, stating that even the novice in the field of electromagnetism can grasp and perform this art with ease. When he then, but however... Whoa, there's a twist. However, when he tried to reattach it and then close the switch to let the bulb light even after several continued attempts of flipping the switch up and down and replacing the bulb, it, d- it did not work, which was an unexpected issue um, in the demonstration. A one certainly made him look like a horse's ass. It certainly did, um, and everybody there said that. Um, thinking quickly, Jan, who was off to the side, pulled out a replacement bulb a, that they had brought by in, um, in case of emergency. They then slowly and carefully eased the old bulb out of its compartment and then ever so softly incorporated the new bulb into the circuitry by spinning slowly. When the switch was closed once more, the bulb began to radiate brilliantly. And that day, that was how Jan became the very first Polish person to successfully change a light bulb. Groundbreaking for the time. Truly. And
0: to revolutionary. Some, a revolutionary. And to some, issue, to some individuals, a skill that is remains unlearned. A testament to the, to the Polish in our society. So, thank you for that, and mm-hmm. thank you to Poland,
1: but <laughs> thank you so much to Poland. But I think it's about time that we move on to our um, to our break before our special feature. Tonight. Yes, and uh,
0: before we go to the break, I have a quick reading from the uh-huh. Old Souls Almanac. Oh, uh, this is a uh, a mantra, not science. This uh, there's uh, no author given. It is titled, I am the introvert. Hmm. That means when I'm feeling down, chances are that I won't actually go to you for help. In fact, I won't go to anyone for help. Hmm. You'll have to actually check on me under the bed and behind corners. I will see you, and I will be around you. You will feel my breath on the back of your neck, but you will not see me. However, if you do still come to me, I might just trust you enough to reveal myself. from the old souls almanac great and with that we're going to go to a short break and when we return our special feature so please stay tuned
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and we are back
1: we are back welcome back everybody citizen scientists and citizen scientists with phds alike Um, Right now we're about to move on to the special feature, which is something that is very important. It's something that is on everybody's mind because, I'll tell you right now, the rescue rovers are on Mars investigating. They're investigating a bunch of things, uh, no less that they are investigating the possibility of the existence of life forms on other planets.
0: The rescue rovers, of course, being this cartoon that... that No, they're
1: the um, very real rovers that we sent up, the team of three rovers that are having wacky adventures on Mars right now and looking for life form and bacteria and stuff. Um,
0: Right, so leaving that world of childish um navel gazing let's talk about the serious issue tonight Mm -hmm. which is of course communicating with extraterrestrials right and how one should go about that
1: some people think that we are closer than ever to discovering life beyond our own earth and this begs the question what relationship will we have with them and really the only question is will we be prepared picture this
0: You're doing yoga on a balmy summer evening in your forest cabin. Mm. The night sky is just twinkling. And you see what you think is the aurora, but you realize... This is not the time of year or the location for an aurora when suddenly a bright light shines down from the sky, startling you. It startles your cats. They run. They scatter. And your first thought is, how am I going to get Agamemnon back out from under that stump? But then you look back and you see the light gives way to the form of a spaceship, and it lands right in front of your meditation space. Mm -hmm. A door opens, a figure exits. It is an extraterrestrial, what do you do? What are you saying? That is the situation we thought about before we came on the air and what really
1: everyone should be thinking about. Right. I mean, you just saying that, Rowan, I was, when you said, what will you say? My mind went blank, blank, because that is a very stressful, very important position to be in. Science doesn't just fall in your lap all the time uh, but the thing is you need to be ready for it you need to be ready for any science that that could fall fall from the sky and land right in your meditation space
0: any one of us could be the first person to make contact it could be literally any one of us it's mm-hmm. like winning the lottery or getting pancreatic cancer right. it just happens and it happens it's going to happen stochastically. So right. the more people that can be prepared for this, the more likely we can have that there will be positive outcomes from first contact.
1: Yes. Um, so so the, the, the question is, you're put in that position. What do you do? What are the questions value that you ask what information do you get from these extraterrestrials
0: and we've been meditating on that we've been we discussing to. it back and forth this is something that we have been taking very seriously because mm-hmm. it's it's frankly it's a, a a quite a deep philosophical quandary but mm-hmm. i think we we put our heads together right um and we, we organized it we categorized it we think that we have come up with some good at least some good guidelines that people should take this with if they're so interested if they're in this situation it's something to consider at least
1: the the most important thing is that you reflect on what you're going to say but if if you have no ideas if you're just starting off if you're an amateur in this sort of science um it's you know why not get some tips from your friends kai and rowan so before we get into
0: the questions you should ask i think it's almost more important to discuss the questions that should not be asked because In this situation, you know, one makes faux pas socially or maybe does something a little awkward or puts someone on the spot in a yeah. normal scenario. As Rowan
1: aptly said, so many, so many scientists out there, they are introverts, they are old souls, and just introverts, old souls, they're just not going to perform well in this sort of circumstance.
0: No, and the the possibility of blurting something out, um, embarrassing or inconvenient right. or, you know, damning, perhaps, yeah. it, it, in, it, the, in it's a high-stakes scenario yeah. where that can't happen. So it, it
1: no longer is a personal problem. It, it is now a problem of uh, the the welfare of the entire human race
0: and uh, the other species on the planet. Uh, uh, yes, quite possibly. Almost so certainly. here are the questions you should not ask. And this is just a list. Th- this is few. S- yes, and, and and I think it will help reflect on sort of wider. Th- there's other things that you can learn from this. So All question right. number one: Never ask. Are you God?
1: No, it's uh, it's it's really not a good idea. Equally, you should not ask if they are some f- other form of, of biblical or, or mythological uh, 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 reference, including asking if they are Jesus or Buddha or Allah or Hermes or Thor, Ragnarok, or the list. The list, the list really goes on. It also
0: it, it puts us on the back foot as right. a species, frankly, because they when the, when they come in, they're the first thing that we're asking is. Are you? Are you our creator? Are you a deity? And right. you know, they, the extraterrestrials, might not have even had that thought to begin with. But right. when don't that, put, don't put ideas in their heads, please, please don't. Uh, it, it's it's also it reflects poorly in a sense that who knows whether or not what these aliens' denomination might be. Right. You might offend them. You might. It might be such. That they are, it, they're not going even taking advantage of the situation. They're hearing that and they're they're upset, and then they right. unleash, you know, nanobots into the environment and right. turns the world into gray goo. These are exactly. just hypothetical. yeah. But that's
1: if you, you want to ask that, I would just say you know, grow a backbone, man.
0: Uh, another one to ask. Um, another thing you should not ask, or excuse me, yes. Another thing you should definitely not ask um, is. Can I have a smoke or can I have a light? Right. They've traveled through space. They probably do not have many cigarettes left if they are smokers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's so rude. It is extremely frankly, rude. and They just got here. Let them stretch their feet out. Wait to see if they light a smoke, a space smoke, and then perhaps— you can go up to them yeah, and ask. Say, or, or even better,
1: offer one of your own to them. Yeah. That That is— Do you want—see, don't say, can I have a smoke? Say, do you want a smoke? Exactly. And, uh, then, and then you're creating camaraderie, and that's a really good good thing. What are
0: you doing later tonight?
1: That's one you should not ask. Do not ask that. Or also you should not ask, hey, are you seeing anyone right now? I, the, the, the thing is— they would not have approached you if they were not interested.
0: Make your move. Don't yeah. hesitate. There's. This is not the time to be wiffle-waffling and, and sort of equivocating and trying to, you know, worm your way through the situation. They
1: made the effort to come here in the first place. They're, they don't want to mess—they're not messing around. They
0: are most likely going to be no-nonsense and um, maybe even the idea of nonsense being completely foreign to them in the first
1: place. Right. And the last— question you should not ask and and this is a hard one this is one that we all want to ask is dot 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 because truly the biggest uh, the biggest faux pas the worst thing you could do is not ask any questions if you aren't asking any questions you are not a scientist you are practicing an anti science mindset
0: and and this it should be said it's not just the a- act of asking questions or not asking questions mm-hmm. it's asking questions of a certain nature uh for example asking can you please get out of my meditation space in that example i gave that is a question but it's not productive it's anti-science yes do not disengage this is the time to be as engaged as possible when speaking with extraterrestrials shoot your shot so with that out of the way Mm -hmm. questions that should not be asked let's move on to the affirmative that is to say questions you should ask and and to that we can sort of divide them into three what questions Mm -hmm. which can be broken down to sort of other more specific questions depending on how the conversation goes right sort of the what
1: gauge gauge what you're what you're getting from these aliens
0: exactly um so the first what question the first big what is what took so long
1: now, some examples of of what questions um they there could be many but the but the question is like what took so long uh you know did you make any pit stops? Why did you come now um yeah uh, what's the what's the mileage on your on your spaceship? How was the drive? Do you want something from the cooler? It's about learning
0: of the journey right because As you so eloquently put, Kai, they came these long distances. They came so far to meet with you specifically. Mm -hmm. Now, these are these are extraterrestrials. They are going intergalactic distances. They have intelligent beings. They have the capacity to go to any individual that they would want to, Mm -hmm. frankly. And there's probably some individuals that would have been easier to reach than you. Right. So make it at least let them know that you're interested in how it was how the trip was
1: right it's the thing that they're going to be thinking about
0: well they just came off of it right
1: and and also we ask them would you like you want to take a load off can i have your shoes uh...
0: right and and you know if you want to go a different way if you want to maybe go a little bit more probing maybe after things have you know you've gotten through the initial small talk mm-hmm. and the pleasantries and perhaps you are lounging in some wicker chairs mm-hmm. you know sipping some pinot grige perhaps that's happening but but you know when you ask what took so long, it could be, it's, what were you waiting for? What right. was the sign? Was it was it the Hollywood sign going up and mm-hmm. being lit up? Or was what, it something more metaphorical? Like, I Love Lucy being beamed into space.
1: Right, or, as, or a, 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 a
0: shooting star. Was there a particular moment in the
1: news that right. they saw that it came that brought them forward Did you hear something on the radio and you just had to had to turn this whole that whole ship around and come back
0: were you on your way to do something else and just decided to stop by
1: yeah exactly you want to gauge how how long they have they might only be making you know a, a very short trip it, it's important to establish these things right. and, but, and but it th- shows and it shows some again some like rowan said some reverence for the for the fact that they did make the trip this is the first time they're coming here they're obviously coming here for a reason it obviously was hard for them but they decided to put in the effort show some appreciation truly so what took so long that's the
0: first what question Mm -hmm. establish the time frame and the journey Mm -hmm. once that's established and they think this is the question that most people are going to be caught up on and i know we were caught up on right and that what question is what's it like what's it like in space what's right. it like on the starship
1: well, I, well, how's the weather up there I, do you feel trapped w- what's the point
0: what is driving your passion around this what do you like to do on the weekends it's not enough to just meet a new culture a new species right. something new you have to learn about it. You have to understand its context. Right. You it's, have to. Un- yeah, it's culture. You have to understand. It's traditions. What life is like for this, quite literally, alien entity. Not to say they're necessarily entities because they they could very well be flesh and blood as you and I are. Right. Or they could also be entities in a more sort of yeah.
1: plasmoidal sense. Yeah, but perhaps it, it, they're. Yeah, potassium-based or something. Right, and that's what you're trying—you you can suss out with questions like yeah. this. Questions like, how important is religion or spirituality to you? Um, what do you like to eat for lunch? Uh, what do you want in a long-term relationship? What are your fantasies? Do you have fun with my friends?
0: Do you want to meet my family? These are all things—you yes. want to probably come up into those last couple of ones. Yeah down the line but what you're trying to do now is is you're is you're trying to actually get to the core of what this extraterrestrial is what's going Mm. on with them
1: understand understand them
0: absolutely and you know it just it boggles the mind to think about what wisdom they could be bringing forward you know something like um have you ever Lived with a partner, you ask right. them something like that, and then they could very easily go into discussions yeah. of, it's, of it's their of, of their of their sort of rhomboidal sort of sort of dailyances and right. their and their activities in their pleasure gardens and what have. Right. You.
1: If they, if they yeah if they're more materialistic, but if, if maybe if they're a bit more philosoph- philosophical, a bit more uh, 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 you know logical, uh, you know, as I said, philosophical uh, ex- existential. You could ask them questions like.
0: What's the point? And that's an that's an that's an excellent question to ask, you know, because they uh, they're going to undoubtedly have so much wisdom to bring to the table. Right. Undoubtedly being part of space, being a part of an alien world, there's no doubt that they won't be able to just put a whole new sheen on the question of existence mm-hmm. and you know perhaps they're slug creatures and to them the point is to reach a shell that exists on a across the room but in a metaphorical
1: sense right yeah pass uh if you're sitting in some sort of circle smoking like an like an herb and you're asking these questions uh, make sure they have enough time with uh the item that you're smoking it doesn't matter what it is maybe they could maybe they can introduce you to more ones ask them what are you smoking i I, here's a big one too i think is worth asking is Mm -hmm.
0: are you happy because perhaps 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 they're not perhaps where they they're in their lifestyle and in their in their sort of their alien understanding of the world Maybe happiness means something totally different. Maybe they don't understand the concept of happy. It could be a robot situation where happiness is a warm transistor. You know, right? It's a it it boggles the mind really to think
1: about. And 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 once you once you really get into conversations with them, it, and it's about time to like reflect on the conversation that you've had. A great question could be, "What are we doing?" It, it really is. It, it could very well open up
0: sort of avenues in the discussion and right. the ongoing relationship that could really be quite 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 intriguing and right. really quite yeah. fulfilling.
1: You don't want to assume anything, but you really want to ask those hard questions like what are we doing? What's you know, what's the point? And of course be prepared to have these questions asked of yourself. Right. You know be prepared to have these hard conversations.
0: Because they are going to be just as curious about you as you are about them. Right. They're going to want to know what you want in the long term. Right. And you need to be prepared to answer that question. Even perhaps speaking to a mass of tentacles, you know.
1: They're going to want to know these things. A good relationship starts with good communication. So the... The la- the last uh, category. The last what
0: question, which I think is when... If, if what took so long went well, yeah. what's it like went well now it's time to really dig
1: in deep into the questions that 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 at least yeah, that we thought yeah that are pertinent to, to us that that the questions that that could help us you've talked so much about the the extraterrestrial about their trip about their life and things like that but now it's time to reflect on you know what's what's going on with us what do they see in us
0: what can they bring out of us yes and more specifically why- What's wrong with us? Because it, it, the question is obvious. If they, you know, we've established that what took so long and there might be a multitude of answers to that mm-hmm. question, but the fact of the matter is they took their time. And so that, to me, in my understanding of how this would work, would seem to be a, a failure on our right. part. They took the time, which means there must be a problem. And, and so the question I would ask, uh, especially if, if towards the – if if things got very very heated and mm-hmm. very heavy in a good way, I would ask, "What do you want from me? Right. What do you want from from us? From this?
1: What what do I have to do?"
0: And, and the, they might not have an immediate answer to that question.
1: Yeah, the, the, you, you gotta know. give some give some give them some room, give them some time. Of course, of course, with know. all these questions, with all these questions that that take place in the third category, the hardest category, and the this third set of questions
0: will essentially determine whether or not the relationship that our species has with this yes. alien species whether or not it will be healthy healthy or unhealthy right. or um you know um mutually
1: codependent even god forbid can't really reflect really think about why you're in this relationship in the first place ask questions like is it my fault
0: what can I do to make you happy?
1: Is it too late? Do you th- think there's still a chance? And when, you, when you've asked sort of, sort of these questions, and again, you're reflecting on our personal experiences, we on Earth, how, what, how we have experienced extraterrestrials, uh, our relationship with extraterrestrials in the past, once you start reflecting on those sorts of things, not just the moment, but what's happened before, what's happened in the past, to try to get it a clear understanding of of what's going on here it's important to ask maybe really deep really important questions that we've all had at some at, at a certain point point. and those those questions include things like when there was only one set of footprints in the sand was that you carrying me wow and it's it's very hard you you have to you might have to hold back some tears when asking these questions
0: and and you know it's it, it might be um messy it might be there might be there might be tears here tears. You know, there might be fighting there mm-hmm. might it might it might seem to be blame being thrown all over the place but if you have communicated and established this relationship with right. this extraterrestrial properly
1: you'll be stronger for it you, you will be so much stronger for it the relationship will be better um, and that's really, you know, and this is on you. This is, if you're approached by extraterrestrials, this is really on you. It, it, we, we, we can't really help you at that point. You know, it, it whatever you say, it's going to affect all of us around the earth. If it, if
0: it came, comes to either of us, we'll do our best. Yeah. You know, sometimes we do our best and it's not good enough, but yeah. we are going to try. Yeah.
1: Do it for yourself and do it for your friends.
0: Of course, there is one more what question.
1: Um, w well, uh, oh, what do you? What do you mean, Rowan? Well,
0: there is one more pretty large what question.
1: We didn't talk about a fourth question.
0: Well, I, I do did want to bring it up before we close. It's not this out. on our sheet.
1: It's not on her. Well, of course, the fourth document. what
0: question is to an extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. What do you think of wine? Because undoubtedly Is
1: that the fourth question, Rowan?
0: Yes. What do they think
1: of wine? Yes. Yes. Why? Wine. <laughs> So
0: we have a citizen science.
1: Yeah, sure. Go ahead.
0: I don't have a source for this, but it is really quite fascinating. Could be um, from aliens for all we know. It could very well be. Um this is about horticulture, this is about botany, mm-hmm. something that I am very very intrigued by. Mm-hmm. Uh specifically ethnobotany. Um and and to that this actually applies in a certain way. So <clears throat> Plants have super intelligence. If you put your saliva on the seed of an edible plant and place it in the soil, something miraculous will happen. The plant will read your DNA and structure its own genetic blueprint to be a superfood based on any deficiencies or
1: requirements that your DNA is signaling. Now, this is an amazing power of plants that not many people know about, About. that's their ability to read DNA.
0: This is the nutraceutical principle yeah. in action, coupled with, of course, permaculture thinking, right. um, as often things should
1: be. Uh, and it, the, like, and that's, the, that's the thing. If you go into the doctor, not many people know this. Only, only, if, only doctors and people that work in the medical fields know this. But if you go into the doctor and you get your blood tested for you know vitamin deficiencies and things like that, what they do is they put it on a plant and they determine from what that plant does— Uh, what what you are deficient
0: in? In the similar vein with which rabbits were used for pregnancy tests, yes, it's very similar. Mm -hmm. The it's it's reusing what nature has provided us in a scientific context,
1: right? And this is if you've ever eaten a superfood, um, you know that it's a superfood because somebody spit on it.
0: If hopefully you spat on it, Mm -hmm. it really is the principles of nutraceuticals at work.
1: Uh, but. Nevertheless, fascinating. yes, um, I do have a quote to close our show tonight and this is a quote by uh, Gata Marshall who is a virologist and a member of the National Young Scientists Initiative um, and they said this the best science is conducted by children to prevent children from working in a laboratory setting is a malicious attack on the future of humanity and it really makes you think it certainly does it really does Eureka Cast Now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are broadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN, LP 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, our friends there at Lumpin Radio, and we are rebroadcast at our other friends every Monday from 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WIIT 88.9 FM Chicago. If you'd like to get in contact with us for whatever reason, please follow us at EurekaCast on Twitter and Instagram and visit our website at awcyfm.com slash EurekaCast to learn more about us or fill out an application to be published uh, in the journal of Citizen Science to get your research published in the Journal of Citizen Science.
0: Which we will be debuting, or rather going over entries to... Peer reviewing. Peer reviewing in the show coming up after this on 3-13, and the deadline for submissions will be on 3-11, that Thursday. So Uh get them in uh, if you are interested in participating, and uh, because frankly, we... Would love nothing more than to learn something
1: new. From you, citizen scientists. You've learned so much from us. It's about time for you to return the favor. But with that being said, if so, you so do go engage, to com slash cast and go to the contact page.
0: If you are so interested. Uh-huh. And if you do engage in other forms of social media, please feel free to find us at facebook.com slash or... Send an electronic mail to awcyfm at gmail.com, where you can share with us any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed or participated in. Additionally, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program, feel free to reach out at that email, which is once again awcyfm at gmail.com gmail.com and with that Chicago allow us here at Eureka cast now to pat our intellectual bellies with satisfaction and sip deep of our digestif one last time full of sausage